All right, Tim Blankenship here, Divorce 661, Daily Perspective, Episode 17 for this Wednesday, October 25th. Busy day as always. We're going to talk about new cases. We're going to talk about um, waiting to file if you're not quite amicable. We're going to talk about when you should file a response. Got a lot of stuff today. We're going to talk about a Riverside case uh, that we filed on. We're going to talk about Craigslist paralegals. Um, again, talking about responses. We're going to talk about status conference hearings and why you may get notice to hearing and why you need to pay, pay attention to that. Um, about trying to file your own judgment and timelines when it comes to divorce. A lot of a lot of things happening today, uh, so I'll probably keep it brief. I'm going to try, but there's a lot of stuff to go over here. So we do these videos every day. I say we, it's me and uh, me and my hat. And uh, I do these videos every day to tell you what my clients are having issues with, what cases I'm handling, what documents people are having problems with court issues, timelines, and all that good stuff. So let's get into it. All right, what I do today? So aside from doing a lot, we had uh, two new cases that we filed with LA County. Both these clients happen to be from Lancaster. Um, if you haven't heard me comment before, anywhere in LA County, I don't care where you're at, um, Pomona, how far east? Pomona, um, all the way south to Long Beach, north of Lancaster, and Anywhere in between, I'm going to file you at the central courthouse. It doesn't matter. You're not going to court. So anyways, just two clients from Lancaster today um, for that court. Oh, and we had another case that we filed this morning. I tell you, I'm usually in here. This morning, I was up at 345. <clears throat> right now, it's going on close to 5. But I filed a case at 554 this morning, and we had it uh, filed right away at 8 a.m. with L.A. County's e-file, which is, you know, I'm always talking about being amazing. On top of that, I also had three uh, LA County uh, divorce cases approved. So judgments we had submitted a few days ago, they finally got approved. And it was interesting to, to note about this is one took one day to get approved by the court. One took two days and another one took 30 days to get approved. And they weren't any different or difficult. It's a standard divorce package. Um, normally, they're a few days, just you know, a few days for approval. But this one um, was like 32 days for approval. And same person, you know, they have a bunch of different courtrooms and, and departments and clerks. And um, the people that are processing these, I don't know, sometimes maybe they just get buried or they, they fall behind or what. Um, or happen to just handle the case that's right in front of them and, and forget about what the ones that are in the past. I don't know. But uh, yeah, 30 days. And it was there was nothing wrong with the case. It wasn't rejected or anything like that. All right, so what else do we have here? So I have a note here, waiting to file until you are more amicable, had a, a consult or they weren't in agreement. So I had someone once in a while when people will call and if they're, I can tell on the phone through the consultation that they're not exactly on the same page or amicable or cooperative, I'll tell them don't don't file, don't exacerbate the, the problem by now filing for divorce when you guys aren't in agreement. Because all you're going to do is stoke fears and 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 people are going to end up you know going out and get an attorney because they're afraid of what's going to happen and they're being served and all this so i'm generally telling people what's the rush wouldn't it make more sense to wait until you are more amicable or you've reached an agreement then file and go through the process very smoothly as opposed to because I, I hear this is what people say well i want to start the clock on the six months and i totally get that but what the point is because you want to finalize it finalize it faster, but what's the point of exacerbating the problem and then it takes a year because you end up getting attorneys and having to go to court and you guys are all upset with each other as opposed to, I think this they waited three months 
And they called me back and said, hey, th things are better now. We figured everything out. We kind of got past all of our upset with each other. And guess what? We did their paperwork. Uh, we filed it today. This is the case that got filed uh, this morning. And they're going to be sending me their settlement agreement. will probably be done within the week. So I think that's a much better way to go. So that's my advice. If you are um, not really there on an agreement, just hold off. I'll be here when you're ready. All right. Next, we have a respondent who filed a response and were amicable and judgment was submitted, then rejected and the petitioner no longer communicating. So this was an interesting call. So the, the petitioner filed, the respondent filed a response. They did their financial disclosures. They signed a settlement agreement and notarized it. And when they turned in their judgment package, it got rejected. And it got rejected because of a procedural document being missing. And this is uh, when you do your disclosures, you have to sign this form called um, Declaration Regarding Service of Declaration of Disclosures, the FL-141. And that didn't get signed by the petitioner. So the judgment got rejected because it's a mandatory form. The, so the, the call was about, Tim, how can I submit my judgment and finalize it without her signing that because she's no longer communicating or responding to texts? And that is a big issue because even though you have a signed settlement agreement, the court will never accept it without that all the procedural forms be signed being signed by both parties. So one piece of advice is just wait and hopefully she'll eventually sign it. If not, it's as if that settlement agreement never even existed and you're going to have to go to trial. You're going to have to set the case for trial, depending on what county you're in. If it's LA County, you do a, a request for a trial setting and get into court. And, and even though you have a full agreement, that's the route that's going to go. Because if, if there's a judgment rejection and especially if it's for a um, procedural document that was missed or forgotten or not signed or an error, they're not, it's as if there's no agreement at all. Next subject, Riverside e-file. So Riverside now is allowing for e-file, and they're just not that fast. I mean, they're okay. But here's the predicament. Like, if you, if, if we're going to start a new case for you in Riverside, now we can e-file. Before, it was like San Bernardino where we had to mail it in. It would take three weeks to get back. It's terrible. At least now we can e-file with Riverside. And this response, it wasn't bad. It took three days to get it filed. But here was the issue. It's one of these cases where, and I don't take these on too often, where the petitioner had filed, the wife had filed, and he was served, and a couple of months had went by. He asked about, you know, are we going to come to an agreement? I was talking about this yesterday. And she says, no, I'm filing the default, and I was talking about why you don't want to do that. And I said, you know, it's probably going to be safer just to get the default in. It's going to save you both the trouble because someone's giving her wrong instructions to try and do this default when you have kids in the house and all this stuff. So we filed the petition, or filed, I'm sorry, we e-filed the response, and we got a confirmation that it was received. And then the next day, I got a confirmation that it was accepted, but it still wasn't filed. And all this time, the wife could have filed the default. She could have walked into court, sat in, you know, gotten the clerk, and they could have snapped it, and that would have taken effect before the response took effect, and that, then the response would have got rejected. But the response did get accepted. We did get confirmation. We got filed copies today. So three days. Just keep that in mind, uh, much better than three weeks. Okay, so here's my note on uh, Craigslist paralegals. Should you use a Craigslist, should you use Craigslist to find a divorce paralegal? Uh, when things went wrong, um, they, so what happened was um, I had some clients retain me who had said, though, they found this uh, uh, paralegal on Craigslist and that they paid them and you know they did their initial paperwork took their money and then ghosted them totally gone 
can't get a hold of them. They don't have an office. All this is a phone number, uh, probably a Google voice number, not even, you know, to your cell phone. And when I looked, when I saw the, uh, when they sent me their paperwork and I saw who did it, I couldn't believe that this guy was still around. Um, I don't know if everyone knows about him, but I maybe it's because I handle so many clients that, you know, somehow get scammed by him. When I saw the name, I haven't heard the name in like five years. And here he is right back at it. And then the reviews like on Yelp and all this, I mean, he, he gets lit up. I don't think he cares because he's not promoting himself online. He's doing it through Craigslist because he has to kind of be in the, the dark underbelly of the world to get clients. Because if you, you try and find him online, you would never hire him because it's a scam. Uh, someone posted in one of the comments that he'd, um, he'd been arrested for drugs. And I Googled it. And sure enough, there it is. It was like on their on the crime wire for uh, LA County. Um, so, and so people, if you're going to go on Craigslist, I don't recommend it, but if you find someone, I guess you don't, they don't even have to give you a real name on Craigslist. So you wouldn't even know who to search for, but all the comments said, Oh, I got the, I found this person to do uh, our paperwork and, and uh, everything seemed good. And as soon as we paid him, he, he was, he, he went away. And so, that's your warning. Don't use a paralegal on Craigslist. And that also reminds me, there's there's people that do what I do that, and I guess it's fine. They just, they don't have a website. They have no information. Um, I'll have, and this, this I usually find this out when someone will hire me after hiring another paralegal service or LDA, and they can't finalize their divorce. The paperwork's all screwed up or whatnot. And so I'll Google the name and there's no website. There's like an Instagram account, maybe a Facebook page not even a LinkedIn sometimes. So these people exist solely either by word of mouth or just uh, through social media. They have no website presence. Um, they have no addresses. Uh, I, I don't get it. I don't know how you can have a legitimate business going that way. And as it appears, the, they're not actually doing the job that they're being hired for. All right, next subject. Filing a response. I talk a lot about how it's not needed in amicable cases, but there are times when you would want to file it. If you're not in agreement or you're not working with me, where I'm assisting both of you, you'll probably want to file your response. Kind of going back to the client I was just talking about where it's not 100% you know, amicable or on the same page and the spouse isn't really communicating with them. Um, because you know, on the summons, it does say, you know, if you don't file a response, your spouse gets everything, which isn't the case. But, you know, it's not wrong to file a response. I only tell my clients not to do it because I'm in control of both of you, not in a negative way. I'm just saying I'm working with both of you. I'm not going to default. We're not going that route. We're doing this amicably. Filing the response triggers another $435 fee. So why pay that? But if things are not exactly, you know, absolutely going well, then file the response within the 30 days. And that's kind of why, again, why we did this for this gentleman uh, in Riverside yesterday. I wanted to get that response filed. Next subject, status conference hearings. If your case is not moving forward within a particular time frames, and it's different with all the courts, but there's there's a pattern here, the courts will send out a, a notice of status conference saying, and they're basically calling you into court. And most of the time it can be through a, a telephonic uh, hearing, a remote hearing. You don't have to actually go to court. I don't think they want you there anymore anyways. But you don't have to worry about them. They're just calling you into court to say, hey, it's been three months and the proof of service hasn't been filed. That's usually the first trigger. And so we just want to make sure you know what you're doing, what's going on and what's next and so forth. Um, 
where I noticed, so I had two clients get those today because they're just being a little slow in there and getting me the information in the process, but we did file. I think this one was in July. So, but what was interesting is it happened twice last week where they got notices. And I thought, usually the court will give you a solid 45 days notice, but I can, but when I logged into the case summary, I can see when that notice was generated by the court. And, and from that day to the date of this hearing, it was like seven court days. So they're, they're giving you like a week. So they, they stick it in the mail on, you know, the 20th and your hearings on the 31st. And so, I mean, you, you basically have no time to react. They are remote, so it's not a big deal, but there's ways of avoiding those. If you're my client and you get a notice because it hasn't moved forward because you're not, you haven't worked on your agreements or whatever, and that's not a problem for me. It's not really a problem for the court. They just want to know what's going on and why it's not moving forward. So just keep an eye out for hearings. Like, I don't represent you. I'm the neutral third party. You guys are self-represented. So any notices that go out directly from the court that's not filed by me go directly to you. The documents I e-file for you come directly back to me. But anything self-generated by the court is going to go to you. So always, if you get something from court, just upload it to your to the my case. Uh, portal so I can take a look at and address whatever it needs to be addressed so we can keep you from having to go to court. Okay, the next subject is um, sometimes people want to get involved in the process that I'm putting them through and they want to speed up the process. And normally this is a result this is in regards to filing the judgment with the court. So today uh, we had finalized some paperwork for people in Contra Costa. I got yelled out on YouTube for saying Contra Costa, and I get it. There, there's no A in it. So Contra Costa, and uh, they don't have e-file. So they're saying, well, Tim, now that the paperwork's done, why should we mail it to you only for you to mail it to the court? Why don't we either them mail it directly to the court or they're close to the court, they want to walk it in. And I get asked that once a month, and I, I plead with people to please not do that because that gets rejected every time. I know you want it to get approved faster, but it doesn't help if you turn it in the paperwork in incorrectly. And it has to be done a certain way. I always put it under my cover letter so they know it's been professionally done. So they're going to give it the due diligence of reviewing it um, properly because the courts are so busy three to six months for processing judgments. All the, They're looking for a reason to reject it and, and stick it back in the envelope and mail it back to you. Don't two-hole punch your originals, rejected. Don't have uh, original and, and two copies or whatever the requirement is for that particular court, rejected. Don't have the envelopes with enough postage, rejected. Uh, I mean, they're looking for any reason. It's, you know, the, the paperwork isn't put together correctly. You don't have the judgment package in the right order. So I would plead with you, it's not going to save you time. Turn it in. It gets rejected. And then you say, you know what, Tim, you're right. Mail it to me. And now a month or two has gone by. And then I'm going to prep it and then submit it. Please just let me, you paid me for it. It's part of the service. Please let me handle that final step. Plus I make mistakes too. I'm not perfect. When I do it online and I prepare your paperwork and you sign it, when it comes back into me, I get to get eyes on it one more time, one more final review of going through it. Instead of looking at it on, on my screen, actually looking at it down on the paperwork, reviewing it by hand, making sure that I need, there's no more corrections to be made procedurally, not changing any of the terms, but just making sure the checkboxes are right. You know, didn't check the wrong petitioner respondent one more time. And I'll catch something every once in a while. And I'm saying, I'm sure glad I got this uh, to look at one more time before we turn into court. And then I know I'm setting up a package that's not going to re get rejected by the court. 
Okay. And then the next question, or I'm sorry, the, the next thing that came up that I want to talk about is the process of what happens when you turn your judgment into the court. I've told you that when you file your petition or you file some of your preliminary disclosures and your and, and so forth, maybe your income and expense or whatever you're filing, anything before the judgment is just accepted by the court and stamped. It's not reviewed. So when you turn in your judgment and you know, when you file those, you get a stamp, you know, you can walk into the court if that's what you did or you e-file it and you get the turnaround is usually a couple of days or whatever. And it gets stamped with the judgment. That's not the way it works with the court when you turn in. So this was in Contra Costa, the same people actually that wanted to walk it in and say, Hey, well, I guess if I turn it in, they'll, they'll, I'll give it to the clerk and they'll approve it right there on the spot. Absolutely incorrect. It goes to a judgment clerk, goes to a whole nother department. And it's just going to get put in a pile and it's going to go through the normal channels. They won't even give you a receipt. So like when I mail documents to courts where we have to mail the documents still to, um, I will, I always do it with a um, USPS priority mail because it comes with free tracking. It's like less than 10 bucks. And it's like, the you know, it's 400 pieces of paper that I have to mail up there and it's covered by that. So um, I, I can, that's my receipt of it being received because the court doesn't, isn't going to acknowledge it in any way. Uh, but once it's in, it's just going to sit there until it's reviewed and approved. And there's, there's, it's as long as it takes. Again, Ventura, six months. Uh, Contra Costa, three to four months. Uh, Riverside, two to three months. Orange County, we got one back in a month. And sometimes it's two months. So it just, you know, we file enough divorce cases and judgments to know when we're going to get those back. Now, LA County, we are getting, you get, because we can e-file the judgment package, everything. We get an immediate email notification of it being received and some of the documents auto approved, meaning they're, they must have some algorithm or AI is able to review the form and we get the approval on everything, but the judgment and the request and the notice of entry of judgment, because that has to be eyes on reviewed by a human being. And then even those we're getting back in two days. So as I say, I wish you all lived in LA County, uh, but I do work with all clients throughout California uh, it just takes a little bit longer to get those approved. We're still within that six-month window because we're if you're starting with us from scratch because we're getting everything done and in in that 31st day or you know within two months at least in line for review and approval. So you, we're trying to not have you go beyond that six months. I hope you enjoyed today's Daily Perspective, Episode 17, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.